Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spur of 2016 podcast in the direct aftermath of Cyprus nil, Northern Ireland nil. Usually for these podcasts, I have an agenda set out. We've got a structure. We're going to work through it. We're going to talk about it. I've not got an agenda today. I've got some rough notes made. Um, we'll see how long this takes. It could be 10 minutes. It could be 40 minutes. Uh, let's hope it's not 40 minutes because let's be honest, we've, we've all better things to do than uh, than listen to any analysis of that. But Pete, I'm not even going to lead lead you into a question or Anthony or P- Peter uh, Peter Baker and Ben Harshaw by the way joining me Andy Bell I'm not even going to lead you into a question here just go ahead sum up that game and please take your time because I've forgotten I've got a cup of tea over there and I need to enjoy <laughs> my life so Ben if he's finished before I've made the cup of tea you take over okay Fuck, I mean it's it's a tough one to sum up isn't it I mean really difficult watch for 90 minutes look leggy maybe the weather has something to do with it and the heat but we just didn't carry a threat all night and for entertainment purposes, there was very little to get excited about. I think the one moment that made me really excited was that shot from the Cypriot defender that hits a crossbar. I don't know about you, Ben, how you, you were thinking about the game. Yeah, um, it's hard to say much different. Um, it was atrocious. It really was. Um, I would say we played well for five minutes after halftime. I'm going to say play well and I'm, I'm being quite generous. I think we upped the tempo after halftime for five minutes, but it just dropped off again. Um, no, I just thought, I thought atrocious is the word. I thought just the lack of tempo. Yeah, I know that, I know that there's a heat and it is a factor. There's no doubt, but you know, I'm, I'd imagine we'll get into sort of tactical element and things like that. Um, but, you know, we weren't... Wasn't helped. a factor for Ian Barraclough. You wore a long sleeve black shirt. <laughs> the heat wasn't a factor for him. Well, I really well, he's hope he's not from the same planet as anyone else, so... <laughs> I really hope he puts sun cream on his that massive ball patch on his head. Pete, are we, are we rubbish? Yeah. Like, is it... Well, no, actually, I don't. I hope I could burnt to a crisp. <laughs> we, that's, that's really harsh. I'm sorry, and if you're listening, which you're not, um, but maybe you could take a few things if you, if you were. Pete, are we really rubbish? Or, like, how do we go from being such a good team... Um, you know, the marginal gains under Michael O'Neill, getting results here, there and everywhere, making it difficult for big teams to just at no point did I have any confidence that we were going to score there against a Cyprus side who I think they said in commentary only stayed in League C because of a playoff. We went down to League C thinking, you know, we'll be the best team in this group and we'll, yes. we'll get ourselves a playoff. It's actually a, a, a positive thing. If we're not careful, we'll be down in, in League D and the only benefit of that is possibly getting a trip to Gibraltar. Yeah. I don't... Answer, are we rubbish? I don't <laughs> I don't know. I think I think we need to take it from the perspective it's the end of a long season for these players. Um same for them it's, though. It's this it is the same for them, and I know we're making excuses here, but the guys have come in probably tired from a long season and got these four games in 10 days, and they're probably mentally and physically really tired. And the one thing that could carry them through these 10 days is if they got a bit of confidence from a performance against Greece. Uh, in the first game and with uh, and you know if you get something against Greece a draw and then carry it on with a good performance tonight against Cyprus then you have a bit of momentum and it carries you through the next two games with a bit of energy you're, you're excited might get something from the group we have no momentum <laughs> you know, obviously next- obviously we'll never know this but you know the, the, the if we if we were set up by Michael O'Neill to go into these four games at the end of a long season, which if he keep hearing being banded about, but it's the same for every other team. Yeah. We would we would look, we would have a plan. 
we would have a system, we would know what we're doing. We're, and, and to be quite honest, I mean, I can't, can't read minds, but those players don't look like they have confidence that, in that manager. They don't look I like mean, they believe in themselves at all, around. do they? They, don't, they really don't look like they believe in themselves at all. It's something I noticed. I watched the Greece game back the other night from a sins. And like, even Hi. just like minor things. I mean, I've got a week <laughs> off and I've really not known what to do with myself. I'll probably end up watching this game back as well. That's how much joy I have in my life right now, right? But George Savile made a tackle. And I, I, I thought Savile was probably one of our better players tonight, which speaks volumes, to be honest. But he made a tackle and he, it was it was a really minor thing, but he could have run and kept it in. But I think he was worried if he kept it in and he lost it, then he was out of position. And it's like that lack of belief and that lack of confidence. You've never seen that under a Michael O'Neill team. In fact, all the players under Michael O'Neill said that the thing he actually did when he came in was make them believe from a position of where they were. I was going to come to Ben there, but Ben's, uh, Ben's got off. So Pete, you can talk about that. Um, they, they, they look completely devoid of confidence and belief and the writing's on the wall sometimes when that happens. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we simply don't carry a threat, do we? At least under O'Neill, the, the players knew how to go about trying creating chances that would suit us. You know, play for set pieces, yeah. be really good from set pieces, and um, really um, tough defensively. Not give easy chances to the opposition, and we had to be. You know, we had to be very pragmatic, and because we knew where we were in the. But that's how we got success. Whereas now, what what's the what's the objective to the way we're playing? How do we try and create chances for Lafferty? We don't. When the play, when the ball gets fed out to the right back or left back, it seems like all the players just run away from them. You know, the complete players are completely isolated. There's no interplay. I mean, the, the first half was awful, and this Cyprus team are not good. No, they're not. I mean, they played through us more than we played through them. They, our, our press was there was no cohesion in the press. It was too slow, a yard off, whatever. It was very tough to watch. But yeah, what what's the plan here? How do we create chances? I was I was talking to you guys before the podcast. We we have this ability to make every game look the same. <laughs> Doesn't matter what opposition we're playing, we're always okay defensively, but we will not create a thing up top, and that's the worry. And if we can't do that, we could be staring down the barrel of League D if Cyprus gets a mad result against Greece or Kosovo. At this rate, they're going to have to make a league E for us. For us, yeah. um, this isn't this isn't throwing our toys out of the pram because we're not qualifying. So when I thought originally, okay, we're going into League C, I thought, oh, happy days, we'll win League C. But when the draw was actually made and we got Greece, I thought we could win it, but Greece could equally win it. And Greece are probably a better team than us. All in all, I don't know. It's it's there's not a lot between them. But this, what have we learned? What have we improved? Where, what direction are we going on? It's not about these specific two results. What have we done under this this last two years under this manager? What 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 is the case for him to get a new two year contract? You know, where are we going? You know, it's you know we're not we're lumping the ball up playing ninety minutes for Kyle Lafferty when it's not working for him. Again, he was isolated. You know, he didn't get good service. But, you know, you can't just keep trying to do the same thing. Again, tonight, should we have made a sub at halftime? Yes, because the first half was atrocious. And it wasn't, nothing was going to change by keeping the same team in the start of the second half. You know, now, now again, wasn't having a wonderful game. Looked like he'd run himself into the ground. Again, keeps him on for 90 minutes. It, it just, 
the subs are baffling. They're at the wrong time. They make no sense. I mean, you're bringing on um, a, a right-footed player to play at left-back for the second game in a row while you're chasing a result that you need. You know, I know I have been against this manager from the get-go. I've tried and I've tried to, to see what the positives are, but they're just not there. He has taken us back so far back. You know, he's taken us back. I know everyone goes on about Michael O'Neill having this bad start, which he absolutely did, and it being a similar record. But what Michael O'Neill inherited versus what he's inherited yeah. is night and day. Yeah. Well, there was a plan under O'Neill even in the bad period. So that first qualifying campaign, we tried to play on the deck, moved away from the hoof ball from Worthington, and it paid off. The players came in the next campaign and it, you know, knew exactly what they were doing. There was an objective, there was an aim. You know, I don't know what our track record's like in June, but it, it can't be good, kind of over the years historically. So I, I'm just hoping this is a blip in this in this June period. What a two year blip! <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It has I'm been a lull. because it, yeah, it's stylistically, it's it's yeah. it's the system it's the doing the same thing over again it's it's there's no nothing no shining light you know where you can say you know those players look like they believe they just credit to them credit to your davises for your johnny evans and all for still coming and for still trying but and i understand we're bringing through young players and all that but you know Maybe maybe we need to bring through young players with somebody that has a brain in the cell to tell them what to do. Well, I I'm actually worried about that because with this new rule about needing four caps, some of these players are going to be asking the question. You know, especially players like Shay Charles that we'll come on on to talk about. Not that he's any burns burning sense of Irishness or Englishness running through his veins, but he may just look and think, "Is this cabbage going to be in charge for?" you know two or three years to come because if not you know if he gets some assurances from that there will be a change and there is there is a plan uh if he don't sorry, if, if he doesn't get those um assurances then you know he is, he's, he's going to make a change he's going to he's going to hedge his bets he's going to take his chances on another nation and um, especially if, if he hasn't grown up in this country if he hasn't grown up around people from this country he doesn't you necessarily get it from the get-go of course you know Players like Ali McCann have come in and 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 they get it now and, and the likes of Ballard etc. But my main issue, Pete, like at Northern Ireland performances can be uninspiring, and I look at that tonight and I think a new manager comes in, the build up play and the untidiness in possession isn't going to change. That's the level of the players ultimately where they're at right now. But my main issue with him is not only is are there so few beacons of light in the squad, but you mentioned and, and and Ben mentioned there about the heat and playing after a long, hard season and whether that's a, a factor or not, whether that's an excuse or not. Ian Barclough in his interviews has given them that excuse. I don't know if you guys have, 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 have listened to any of the interviews. That That's really what wound me up. In his interview after Thursday night, um, he came out and basically said, oh, they've had a long, hard season, they were a little bit fatigued. He did say it was disappointing, but it, it, it was very much giving them that excuse. The one thing you can't do with, with things like fatigue with things like tired legs which a lot of which is in your head as well you know if you think you're tired then you'll not put that extra yard in or you'll 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 think oh, my legs don't have it when actually possibly they do when your manager and your leader is giving you that excuse you're definitely not going to do it and i feel like that comes through so much with a lack of belief um within the players and then uh you know you mentioned the 30 degree heat 
earlier today, which is a factor, but it's like Ian Barkley, if you're not paid to be a pundit, you're not paid to weigh up all the factors, you're paid to lead this team. And even if you have to tell a few fibs and even after you have to bluff some stuff so that it gives those guys belief in that changing rooms, then you do that. There's nothing coming from him. He's so insensitive, he's so conservative. I mean, that's the thing. It's creating a mentality of excuses. Yeah. And um, we can't build any momentum with that. The players will now feel even more tired playing away in Kosovo on Thursday night. I don't like I haven't seen anything over these two games that gives any indication that we'll see anything different on the other night. No. I mean, the one the one shining, well, one of the few good things tonight, apart from his <laughs> apart from his crossing for most of it was McMenamin. Yeah. He added some pace. You know, he actually did something. Just something a bit different, wasn't he? You know, every time every time McGinn got in the ball. It was cut inside and tried the same cross, which wasn't working. The center halves were big lads. I don't even think Lafferty's particularly good in the air anymore. I've certainly haven't seen anything. Certainly haven't seen him win a header across coming into the box for a while. Um, the one time it did drop into his head, he sort of like flopped over, headed it up in the air, and then lay down for about 15 seconds for no reason. Um, so you know, McGinn was doing that every time. Lane, uh, you know, obviously he's young, but it was the same sort of thing every time as well. Um, same with Saville same with Gavin White it was get to the byline get across and with McManaman it was a bit like oh there's this guy on the left now what's he going to do oh he's just going to run to the byline and whip one across our goal and okay nobody gambled and got in the end of it and maybe some of the crossing wasn't that good but it was something a little bit different and yeah. you know if you're if you're the Cyprus manager analysing and getting video footage of Conor McManaman's games this season must be quite difficult so like I don't know if that's something we can do in the next couple of games it's, it's initiative he took the initiative you know he, yeah. he, he didn't wait for things to happen he went okay his crosses. I think he put in three really good ones and three pretty poor ones. But, yeah. you know, he had a go. And, and that's all you want, especially at that stage in a game like that. You know, he wasn't going to die wanting. Okay, his decision-making could be better. But he, he was a real, well, he was the real bright spark, you know. And to me, he deserves he deserves a start now. I mean, based on that, why not? Yeah. I mean, what? He'll get Barraclough, though, Ben. He'll get Barraclough. Like, he came on with belief and and drive and wanting to make something happen a couple of camps with him and he'll start turning inside and passing the ball infield and we'll lose it again that, that's what'll happen that's what'll happen with Brody Spencer as well I can already sort of see it happening with Ali McCann to be honest the last couple of games the, tr- the truth the truth of the truth of Barclough is it's not it's not personal or whatever but the man's out of his depth I mean when you look at his managerial career what has he done to be an international manager at this this level you know, he, he's out of his depth and it's showing and it has been showing for a while. And whoever makes the decisions to give him a two-year contract, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I just I just didn't get the system tonight. How how can we not create more chances than we did against Cyprus? They don't, I mean, with respect to them, I, don't, I haven't watched really any of their games, so I don't, it's probably unfair of me to judge them, but what, they're 51, play, 51 places below us in the world rankings. 105th or something. Yeah, you know we. This is a team. If we, if in a, you know, Euros qualifying group or World Cup qualifying group, they're right at the bottom, and you expect yeah. points there. I mean, we we should be taking those games for granted. The players we have on the pitch, but then the, the system's not there. Do you look at the most? The most convincing, well, in my opinion, the most convincing game under his tenure was away to Lithuania, which I think it was 4-1 it finished. Yeah. And one of the most 
what, one of the things that I, I think we were strongest in was we had the two up front in, in uh, Washington and Lavery. Granted, I know that Washington wasn't available tonight, but we had players who could have done similar things. And the reason that we did was it was the pace and we got in behind and we stretched the defence. Where tonight when you're playing Kyle up there, basically by himself and very isolated, you know, it's just a total different game. And it's like, have you learned it? Because that's a similar level of opposition. Yeah. Pete, let's talk a little bit about the Northern Ireland's lack of quality in possession, really. It was, to be fair, it was, there wasn't as much hoofball to Lafferty as I expected when I saw that team. We know that when Kyle starts, sometimes it can become the easy ball, especially if there's a bit of pressure on you. Um, you know, it's your right ball up to Lafferty. Um, they tried it a couple of times early doors. It didn't really work. And I feel like we actually did try to build up play. Now, you can't just give the manager credit for telling them to try to do it. You need to be working on that and training day in, day out. You need to be practicing that. You need to get, be getting the players in the right zones, knowing where their next pass is, moving for them. There's, you know, I'm not saying give credit to Barclough for, for telling them to try to build up because ultimately you need to execute something where you can build up effectively. But I felt like they were trying to punch the ball into Lafferty's feet, which is absolutely fine. I don't think Lafferty's hold-up play is anywhere near what it was eight or nine years ago. But... It was from like 40 yards, so it had to be absolutely hammered into his feet to get through the lines. And it was normally coming, if not from Johnny Evans, Kieran Brown, Paddy Lane, Paddy McNair, from a midfielder who'd had to drop back in the position of those players. So there was still such a massive gap between trying to build up like that. And I thought time and time again, they actually ignored Shay Charles. He was making some really good angles, to be honest. Um, there were times where they could have found him slotted into midfield. And okay, the kid might lose it, but it's Cyprus. You know, you've still got four defenders there. You can still regain the ball back. Um, now I thought Charles had a, 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 a really good game and I thought a way we could build up more effectively and progress the ball through the midfield so you're not just like hitting sort of like a Hail Mary albeit along the ground is doing that with the Ed Davis there didn't really use Savile but Charles especially I thought the players didn't have any belief in him for some reason uh, and I don't know what that's from because from what I've seen on the pitch um, his performance has been hell of a, lot, a hell of a lot better than some of the other ones that have, that have been on the pitch over these two games yeah, he looks he looks very tidy. I mean, I think we need to need to hold on to him and try and convince him to stay. How, I mean, how old is he? I don't actually know. Hitting. Hitting. Yeah. I mean, it's first By the way, there's no suggestion that he's any interest in leaving if yeah. anyone suggests that. But yeah, basically same as what I was saying. Yeah. It's the worry, isn't it? I mean, there's nothing attractive at the no. minute. I suppose this is your first camp. But you know, first international start, he, he does very well. He's quite tidy on the ball. He's trying to to move it quickly. Uh, a lot of its first touch, which is good to see. But when when we were holding on to possession, we sort of just kept it in the middle third. So there wasn't much. We didn't really get in behind them at all. We didn't get the crosses into Lafferty, certainly in the first half, which is surely the way you play when you've got a big, tall striker like him. I mean, he's, he's not going to do the running in behind, but get White McGinn surely running in behind and getting crosses in for Lafferty. But that... That just simply didn't happen. Players seemed isolated when we had the ball um, higher up the pitch. And then when we did get the chances, we were running into each other, flipping yeah. all over the place. So it's, diff- it's, it's just a difficult one to analyze because we, di- we just didn't create anything. It's worrying, Ben, when you look at it and... Obviously, like yeah, some of the build up and some of the passing was untidy. We've talked about that before, but I watched, as I say, I watched the Greece game back the other night. And when you were actually looking at what we were doing, there was nothing you could pinpoint and say that's a massive issue. 
And that's a lack of proactivity and a lack of belief in yourselves because if you can't pinpoint something, that means you're not taking the initiative enough and nobody's wanting to be the one who, you know, tries to pass or or tries to do something or loses a ball in a, a dangerous position. Um, and that and that ultimately comes from the manager and being too conservative, isn't it? Because you know, you can't pinpoint specific players who were dreadful tonight. There were some poor performances. Um, but at the end of the day, we've we've come away from the minnows of the group, not only have having drawn the game, but um have not created any chances. And to be honest, Cyprus had the better chances than us, apart from the McCann one. Um, and the presenter in Premier Sports after it said, you know, we can blame Ian Barraclough all we like, but he can't control McCann not putting that in the net. And it's like, well, yeah, if McCann had put that in the net, to be honest, it would have been daylight robbery, but would have been lucky to win that game anyway, because Cyprus fluffed one from a corner as well from about six yards. Peacock Farrell made another brilliant save. There's a 40-yard shot which hits the bar. All right, it's a 40-yard shot. There's not a lot you can do if that flies in, but it was still closer than we ever came. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if McCann puts it in, the papers of the cracks massively. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, I wish it wish it had happened, but you know, it, it really wouldn't have wouldn't have told the story. You know, the papers would be saying, oh no, that and go away and get the job done. And you know, it, it, the, the issue is bigger than this one result. The issue is where we're going and, and um, what direction. And you know what I keep what I keep seeing is anytime you mention you know on Twitter, which of course is a very measured and calm reflection of the population at large. Um, but when you mention anything about the manager, all you see is oh well, you haven't got an alternative. You know you haven't. You know there's two points to that. There's the first one would be it's not up to me because because I'm saying it's that he's got a way to provide. But but the second one is you know you don't just keep somebody who you know is not good enough because there might not be somebody out there and you know on what what basis did he get a chance okay whether whether that's right or wrong it's happened he's got a chance so why not give somebody else a chance you know who who may or may not be good enough um but but yeah no it, just on Shay Charles I thought he was good I thought he was good he, you know did every pass come off no it didn't but again it's that word initiative where he's he's prepared to try a pass and that's okay. That's what we want. A young player who's gonna he's gonna make the old mistake and miss time to pass. But to me, hey, you know, you, you say there, and I agree with you completely. Where you're saying, you know, there's the odd phase of play that's not great, and the passing doesn't come off, and all. You know, we essentially have League One players right there. That's gonna happen. You know, it, just like it did for Cyprus. We don't have the, the quality of players, but you know, we it's 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 not it's not just about that. It's about you know just how we're set up and, and where we are going and it's in the wrong direction it really really is um dave's just put, record. no D- dave's just put something uh a tweet there i'm not going through all the um reaction just yet i'm gonna save myself some time before i go into that cesspit but um D- dave said next home games against cyprus the last time we won a game at windsor in which a northern Ireland player scored it was Josh McGuinness with the last-minute winner against Belarus on the 24th of March 2019. Doesn't look like they change on Sunday. Um, what Dave's forgotten to say is that it was actually our first podcast. So uh, maybe we're the problem. I don't know. It's been three years and I know an Iron player hasn't scored at home. So <laughs> I don't know. But um, uh, what should we do? What should we do? What should we do? Um, positives. Let's go try and fish out some positives. Uh, I thought Spencer looked good, Pete. Um, Siren Pace. To get really? down and uh, get overlap McManaman at that time, um, whipped across into the box straight away. Just something a little bit different, some spanner in the works. And I'm sure if he plays for the next two games, plays all ninety minutes, which I don't think he will. I'm sure we'll see limitations. I'm sure we'll see areas where he'll have to develop. Um, 
but having these players coming through, I suppose, gives us some hope for the future. If the quality's not there in the pitch right now, if we do get a better manager in or if Barclough somehow makes a miraculous recovery, um, we've got quality coming through for the future. And that's credit, I guess, to the, the club NI set up and, and the work that the IFA have done over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, the positive is the all the new names in the squad. But yeah, if the system start off players and there to facilitate them, what's what's the point? You know, we've we've guys as good as Stephen Davis, Potty McNair, um, yeah, Johnny Evans. You know, George Savile isn't a you know he's not a bad player. You know, he's done well in games before under O'Neill, but you know those players can't even thrive in the system we're playing at the minute. So how do you expect young players to? Maybe they have the advantage of not being in the system for so long. I think you know, that's, that's, it, that's probably why McMenamin was played the way he did. Yeah. Um, uh, never played for Northern Ireland at any level. Maybe that's why he came on and looked like the best player on the pitch then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You know, he, um, other positives. I mean, Shay Charles is the, probably the main one getting a start for him. And hopefully he gets a, another appearance or two in the next couple of games. Two, please. Two. Tie him down. <laughs> But and then you know Peacock Farrell is a just a solid international goalie now. You know yeah. he was he was very calm throughout the whole night. Didn't have a lot to do, but what he had to do, he did very well, and was probably my man of the match because of that save. Yeah, we just about got away with doing a man of the match um, on Thursday night, Ben. We're not going to do one tonight, but yeah, <laughs> Pete's Pete, right. Peacock Farrell. Um, it's another game where he's ultimately won us points or he's won us a point. It'll certainly not be the narrative and there's certainly more important things to talk about and worry about, but um, you certainly can't fault anything he's done over the last certainly few not. years. Um, he's been brilliant. Selection-wise, and before we do a couple of comments, um, we know that what we, we all know what we think of Ian Barkos. Well, two things I'll, I'll let you go on. Firstly, for me, he brings on Liam Donnelly for Shea Charles there because he's brought Brody Spencer on and he feels like he can't have Spencer and Charles in the same team. Complete disregard for how good Charles was all game. Um, you know, it, it's nothing to do with that. It's purely on his age. It's purely the narrative. Same way as he, he brought Connor Bradley off after 60 minutes of Bulgaria and when he was having a great game, purely off the narrative of, of he's a young player, so I can't give him more than 60 minutes. Well, why not if they're playing well at the end of the day? That's an issue. That's a meritocracy issue if, if players here are playing badly know they're going to stay on the pitch because the other guy's younger and he has to be taken off. And secondly, the, the decision to start Gavin White over Shane Lavery and also like not to bring Lavery on until 78 minutes. I understand that in 2022, his form's not been as good as the previous year. That's going to happen. He's literally gone from the Irish League to the Championship. That's a move that doesn't happen. So he's going to have a dip in form and he still hit 10 goals in Championship this season. He's had injuries. And he's had injuries. It might have been 10 goals overall, maybe eight or nine in the championship, actually. It was still a, still a hell of a good record. Still more goals than any of our strikers who scored in the championship, in the championship for years. Um, and I understand that why he brings Lafferty in, to be honest. I can understand the thinking behind it. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but the idea that he keeps White on, who scored, I think, six goals in 96 games at club level in the last three seasons, over Shane Lavery, who scored more in one season in the league above, having just come from part-time football. Well, I think Linfield are full-time, but a part-time, a majority yeah, they part-time weren't at that league. Stage, actually, so, they, yeah. they weren't at that point, you know, so I didn't get that. And then to leave it 78 minutes to bring him on, he didn't seem like he had an injury. We didn't hear anything about that, so we can't use that excuse. And to bring just him on bizarre. on the right, right wing. Yeah, just bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so your first point was on was on bringing on Donnelly um, at that stage. Now, 
I think Liam Donnelly's been a great servant to Northern Ireland. Um, I think he's the leading uh, under-21 cap yeah. holder. And by what he has, I don't think he'll be beaten. No. Um, and he's been he's been great. But at that stage of a game, to me, you bring on Ali McCann, who's another one who, when you're making that point on Shane Lavery, why, you know, he had one per game and has dropped. Why? I mean, it could be a case of with four games he wants to rotate, as we said in the podcast the other night, to, to give a benefit you know, to the manager, but he needed a win. Um, yeah. Ali McCann, that was his only, I thought he, I thought he was pretty poor against Greece and I thought it was, was his only poor game I've seen him have in a Northern Ireland shirt. So I think to drop him completely is harsh. Um, but again, I would have brought him on at that stage because Liam Donnelly for his club is breaks up the play and is a bit of a, bit of a hatchet man in all honesty. Um, and that's kind of what he brought to us. Where you've got you've got Ali McCann, who will you know can be creative. I mean, don't get me wrong, he, he missed an absolute sitter. Yeah. He knows that it can happen. Um, but he he could create something, which is what we needed there, rather than than breaking it up. Um, or or Charlie McCann, um, who again can pick a pass. You know, can play through the lines. Um, and is, is a player who who I really have high hope for. I know I said this in the previous podcast again, but it's true. Uh, the Shane Lavery one, it, it didn't make sense to me. Uh, I didn't think Gavin White had a wonderful game, if I'm honest, tonight. I thought he was, was pretty poor. Um, yeah. But I, I like Gavin White, and I think I think he does bring a lot. But I, I, I don't see him as a front man, really. Um, and I don't see him being as likely to get you goals as, as Shane Lavery. Um, and I think I think if you are playing Kyle, the best way to... I, I didn't have a massive problem with him playing Kyle. Um, I, would I have done it? No, probably not. But, you know, I can understand the reasoning behind it. But uh, I think Kyle would have been better, especially when we, because were, we weren't totally playing long ball, but there were quite a lot from, you know, as, as particularly from Johnny Evans or from... Um, uh, Brian. Brian. His name completely went there um, from Brian. And, and if Kyle had maybe like a Shane Lavery to flick it on to or someone just playing just off him, you know, it might have been that little bit more effective and made them, especially when they're playing. Like, I mean, they were playing Alex Gogage, who is a Hibs player who was on loan to St. Marin, who's a defensive midfielder, who's, I'm, I'm going to be nice and call him average. Um, you know, when they're playing him at centre-back, if we had to, especially pace, he does not, he's a hatchet man. Like, if he has pace against them, of Lavery, I know White, I know White has that, but he, he wasn't up there with him. You know, it really, really would have made sense. Yeah, I, I thought Lavery should have come on earlier. Um, and when he comes on, he, he almost scored as well. Probably should have been a corner from that one. I think it's, it's interesting just in the sense that I've always made the point that I don't think, I think Steve Davis playing in the six in a midfield three is a case of just fit him in somewhere in the team. I don't think it's necessarily his best position. I don't think he plays there for Rangers. Or I think if, if he's playing there for Rangers, there's two of them anyway. Um, certainly not being the deepest of a three. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was interesting to see Shea Charles take the, the deepest midfielder today Liam Donnelly's not going to be the future in that position he's just not good enough to, to start regularly for Northern Ireland unless he has a, a massive career trajectory uh, which I can't see at his age um, but uh, yeah I'd, I'd quite like to see Charles in that position again um, on Thursday night uh, we'll do some comments this will be fun <laughs> um, Jason Browning says Connor Mack a real positive looked likely to make something happen given more time Lavery must start every game available. Ali McCamness sums it up. James Wilkinson, hypothetically, if we were to sack Barra in the coming weeks or months, what names would you like to see in contention for the job? Um, well, Ben, I'll, I'll go to you first on this, and I'll, I'll, um, 
I'll throw you throw you under the bus slightly. Well, maybe not because we, we were talking about David Healy in the in the group chat the other day, weren't we? Um, Irish league manager straight into the Northern Ireland manager's job isn't something that you'd necessarily think would be a, a good idea. You think they need to go somewhere and go over to England and prove themselves there, but but maybe not. You know, um, if Healy's if Healy's doing the business and what is a competitive league is what what is now a full time league for for quite a few of the clubs, and then why not? Is he would he be the front runner if you were to make a change right now, which you can't see them doing? Would he be the front runner? No, um, I would. I would think he would be a better choice than Barclough. And I think if you look at the two managerial careers, he's had a better, more successful career. Okay, hasn't been tested in a in a full time league. He's now a full time manager, um, but he would bring the passion. You know, he would bring the sort of the status with him and, and the history with with the. You know, he would get the certainly get all the fans on. Maybe not the Glens ones, but um, he'd get a lot of the fans on. Um, you know, on side, uh, but but would he be my first choice? No, um, I, you know there 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 are others out there who may not you know be big big names, um, but neither was Ian Barclough. He's had his time, and you know why not let someone else? Yeah, are you concerned at all, Pete? With the yes, you have to sort of be careful when you're talking about it. But you know, Ian Barclough's come in. Um, He's brought in Eddie Boothroyd, the under-21s manager, John Schofield from England. He's got another English member of the backroom staff. Um, Northern Ireland, absolutely, we support you know players from anywhere as much as we support the Northern Irish lads, and we support, at, certainly at the start, um, an English manager as much as we support a Northern Irish one. But is there a danger of like losing Northern Irish identity from the team? Surely that has to be the heart of what makes Northern Ireland different. Otherwise, we're just England say B's but you can say E's or F's at this point yeah I mean I suppose the, these issues get raised when the team's not performing and people may, may, can make that excuse and try and label that as the reason why we're not performing um, you know if they're if they're good at their job and they're benefiting the national team and they're doing well at the, the youth levels and we're seeing the players come through then I have no issue with it yeah um, but it, you know if, but it's if not. But it's not. <laughs> can, I, can I come in on that? Just yeah. the thing. The thing that I would say about it is, I would be happy to have a manager from the moon if they were the best person yeah. for the job. Um, but if 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 there was a choice between two, one Northern Irish and one not Northern Irish, if they're at the same level, I would prefer Northern Irish. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think that Barclough is at a better level than some of the, not that we have wonderful ones, but than some of the Northern Irish coaches out there. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's completely fair. Um, What's Brendan up to? <laughs> has he been sacked yet? No. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's hard to know who it would be. You look at Stephen Robinson. He recently got sacked, didn't he, at, War- at Morecambe? No, no, he didn't. He chose to go to oh, Samarin. He chose to go. Um, he left to go to Samarin, and he's had a tar- to be honest, he's had a terrible start at Samarin. He ne- near enough take him down. Yeah, um, you know, I threw Lennon in there, who's just won a yeah. cup. Um, You'll be popular. It, it, well, do you know what? <laughs> he speaks very well of Northern Ireland. Um, yeah. Whatever. So. Um, well, here's a, here's a thing. Here's a thing on Lennon. How we've got on to Lennon? I, I swore we'd never do this in the podcast unless he was appointed. But John Lennon. <laughs> Yeah, well, if, for anyone who's, who's trying to find my address right now for bringing this up, yeah, we're talking about John Lennon. Um, <laughs> I think from my perspective, there, there's two options you go for in, when you're a country, a nation, a football and ability the size of Northern Ireland, where you're not going to be able to pay the wages of a track record proven manager um, 
you know, who's going to come in and do the business and necessarily massively improve you. So you have two options. You go for the Michael O'Neill or, to be fair, the Embarrowcliffe type appointment. You know, it can go well, it can go badly, um, where somebody's unproven or proven at a much lower level and you're hoping that they're on that career trajectory where it's going up and up and up and you just catch them at the right time and they take you upwards. And I would always prefer that type of appointment to the alternative because the alternative is, I guess, what Scotland do with Alex McLeish. Alex McLeish has been to... 10, 15 clubs. He's done well at some clubs. He's not done so well at others. He's ultimately ended up going in for that job because he hasn't been able to get a very good club job. And it's sort of somebody who, yes, has a track record in some respects, but has failed at many jobs. And that's why they're in the the hunt for that. And that's, I guess, what Greece have done with Goose Boyet. If you're going for that second type of manager, it's Neil Lennon every day of the week. Because there's absolutely nobody in the in the frame for this job he's achieved in terms of trophies, what Neil Lennon's gone for. I would still prefer, as I say, try and get a manager who's coming up and you catch them in the crest of a wave before they go on to bigger and better things, like Michael O'Neill. But if you're going for that alternative one, where you're going for the kind of average journeyman who might come in and shake them up a bit and get them some results, yeah. it's Neil Lennon every day of the week. Yeah. You're all terrified to, to continue in that. No worries, lads. I'll no, take all, I, I, I'll I take all the Twitter I, guess, I mean, you summed it up. There's not much more to add. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Knows how, right. to, knows how to win. I mean, do you know? Do you know one? Do you know one that may, may or may not come? That you may not tempt, but we might as well employ um, Sam Allardyce. Terrible football, but he knows how to win. We've got terrible football with a manager that doesn't know how to win, and is is used to dealing with that sort of Sophie's level choice, of player. <laughs> Barclough or Allardyce? Goodness me. That'll mix for some Twitter yeah, poll. I'm not like, <laughs> Allardyce. Yeah, my name's Pete Baker. <laughs> I did not suggest Allardyce. My <laughs> At least with an unknown, you don't know what type of football to expect. With Allardyce, you just know exactly. Suddenly it's Lafferty McGuinness. Lafferty's gone. Lafferty McGuinness Boyce is a front three. You can yeah. die back. <laughs> <laughs> No, strictly nobody under six foot two. Shane Char- <laughs> Shay Charles encouraged to go and play for the Republic. Brilliant. Yeah, can't wait. Um, Richard Monteith says, Barclough is on thin ice before the game and is starting to crack. We need a huge performance in Pristina now uh, with goals and with goals and, stu- and stuff Cyprus next Sunday. Uh, even then, his tenure looks shaky. We have to be beating Cyprus. Yeah, a, a win over Cyprus next Sunday. Even a draw against Kosovo and a win at Cyprus isn't going to change my mind on this. I think it's it's gone too far now. Um, let's go over to Facebook because if, if Twitter was unreasonable, then I'm sure Facebook will be completely reasonable. <laughs> Twitter was absolutely fine. Facebook will be as well. Um, Raymond Gilmore, just as bad as it's possible to be. Um, the time has come. Goodbye, IB. I don't know if he's... I think he's deliberately done a poem there, which is really nice. It's really cheered me up. Um, he has because he's taken a line after each one. So fair play to him. Um, any other poems that sum up Northern Ireland's current form, do send them in. Uh, to the Twitter. Craig Elliott switched the game off at two occasions because it was that boring. Uh, the only positive, and I mean the only positive under Ian Barclough is the introduction of some youth. Tactically useless, and when he realises the tactics aren't working, he's too delayed if he changes, um, if he indeed he does change any. In defence of Barclough, some of these players need to step up, not good enough. Darren Graham, so disappointed, no threat up front, no service or strategy, just hoof it up front. At this rate, can see us dropping down into the next league. Mike McBride, Barclough will say this is a transitional period for the squad before he was trying to bleed young players into the international football. Uh, but there's no excuse for that performance tonight against such a weak side. There was enough experienced players on the pitch to get the win. No lessons learned from Greece, it seems. And if those two games aren't the same as what we saw in these two games, I'd be very surprised. You might sn- sneak a result, but I can't see chances being created 
I can't see exciting football. I can't see a better, more of a plan, structured build up, to be honest. Oh, no. We'll um, win Sunday, I think. You sure? Sneak it, sneak it, but it'll not be due to any tactical genius. Yeah, you can put my bet on for me, Ben. <laughs> um, Pete, Kosovo, just to finish up. Um, anything you want to see? Any players you particularly want to see? Um, any changes you'd make? The Spongeman. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lavery, Lavery needs to start. Um, I mean, it's I'm probably looking at the team that played against Greece, to be honest. Whereas yeah. maybe a couple of changes there, but it's just a change of style. Just something more exciting than just playing sideways passes, not even getting in behind and challenging the defence. Um, maybe a goal. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, just a bit disheartened after tonight's game, to be honest. I have no expectations whatsoever. I think that's the way, just the, the view Northern Ireland over the next two games, zero expectations. Okay, Ben, apart from a civil war in Kosovo in the next three days, what, are you, looking from, what are you looking from for Thursday night? Um, I'm, I'm looking for attacking football. Whether the result goes the right way, I'd I like to see us trying to take the game to a team and trying to not get rid of the ball like it's a hot potato, basically t- taking the initiative um, like Connor Mack did when he came on. And okay. Shane Lavery needs to start. Yeah, Lavery does need to start. I wouldn't be averse to start McMenamin either. Um, wouldn't even be averse to start Spencer, to be honest. Give him a shout. Why not? Before he gets Barraclough. Um, it's probably a bit disrespectful, but I don't care at this point. It's a fans podcast. We're annoyed. Um, anyway, thanks very much, lads. Unless you have anything more to say, we can wrap it up there. Um, cheers to Pete. Cheers to Ben. This has been your post-Cyprus podcast. There will be another two post-match shows if you made it to the end of this. Please do listen to those. We'll try and cheer you up. We might not. Um, It's Castle 1 Cyprus and Northern Ireland need points fast. Bye-bye.